This week, we tell our secrets with Meatball from Sloppy Seconds as we dive into the Cycle 5 secret deodorant photo shoot. First, we find out what Meatball was doing in the early 2000s and why she wasn't watching Top Model. Then, Meatball tells us what her secret would be in the secret commercial. And we chat with Meatball about some of her favorite viral moments of 2021. This episode is hilarious, y'all. So make sure that you get your popcorn, you put your smice cream in the freezer, and sit down with a nice blanket and a pipe and hot cup of tea. This one's going to be great. Let's get into it. Forever. Jay Coulee, are top model fans born or made? Hey, I'm Shay Coulee, and welcome to Wanna Be On Top, a podcast where I explore the cultural phenomenon that launched a thousand smizes. As always, I'm joined by insatiable power bottom and top model expert Maxwell Esposito. Hey, Maxwell, how are you doing today? I am doing well. I'm just, you know, busy about online, you know, supporting local businesses, trying to get all the gifts I need to get for all the fabulous people that deserve them. How are you? Oh, I am doing well. Tonight we are, I'm I'm, I'm on tour. Tonight we're doing Austin, Texas. So I'm really excited because Austin is always like a really, really great city. And um, last night we were in Oklahoma. So we're just powering through, bringing the Christmas joy to everybody on the road. So look, we're getting towards the end here. If you guys want to come and see a drag queen Christmas, please go to dragvans.com and get your tickets. The girls have been delivering some iconic Christmas numbers. This is, I think my fourth or fifth year doing this show in a row and I just love it so um it's so great to be out on the road entertaining people again bringing holiday joy to the masses you've been looking so fabulous in all your numbers I've seen online um but I have a question which is hotter like your normal drag or the Grinch drag oh it's definitely the Grinch drag because I am covered like Head to toe, like covered, covered, covered. And then the prosthetic too. Um, it's so funny because like whoever developed this, like they put the nose holes, like where the actual nostrils are on the prosthetic. But because it's like a Whovillian kind of nose, like the nose is like halfway up the bridge of your nose. So you can't breathe through I'm those nostrils. Very familiar with the Whovillian <laughs> nose. <so. laughs> I'm just all like, why did you even do that? Like, I can't, I still can't, I still have to be a mouth breather in order to make it through this number. I mean, being a Whovillian seems very hard, especially when it comes to breathing the Whovillian air. And yes. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Well, listen, we have to get into some top model stuff. We have some housekeeping to do because we are skipping an episode. Today, we are going to talk about the girl who loves plants, or sorry, the girl who loves bubbles and talks to plants, which like, side note, who came up with this? these names? Like, these names are really 
really simple this cycle so um like very unoriginal but we did get a visit from miss janice dickinson and i just want to touch in and be like did we miss her like what are was it fun to see her Oh, absolutely. Like, first of all, of course, it makes sense that we're going to bring in Janice on an episode that's talking about models' flaws to shoot a um, editorial that's based off of extreme plastic surgery because they're like, who would be a better poster child for plastic surgery than the one and only Janice Dickinson? Top model facts. She wasted no time getting all up in the Kool-Aid. Like, I mean, one of the first moments she goes and sits on Kyle's lap while Kyle's getting her hair done in her chair. And you can literally see the hairstylist like just walk away. Like, okay, well, I guess I'm not going to do my job right now because she's sitting on her lap. And then, you know, it's obviously asking the girls how they feel about each other, you know? She came Um, to play a part for sure. She really did. She let Lisa, she really let Lisa have it. Um, she and, also loved Lisa. She but like, she loved Lisa. a star. She did because she was like, because Kim was saying all those things about her from the sidelines. She's like, anybody who's talking from the sidelines is just jealous because this girl's a star. And I, I look, I feel like Janice, like you know, gave it to Lisa. Lisa kind of had her moment on the side where she cried because she was just like, she don't even know me like that. But Lisa's a professional, so she was able to channel all of that, like kind of like get herself centered, come to set, and like really deliver so it was it was it was cute i love um did they talked about the girl's flaws which like you would think would kind of be triggering did you find it helpful at all though like the things they did or do you think it was really just to bring them down uh no i don't think that it was i don't think that it was really helpful because they also had the girls try and identify each other's flaws why'd you do that tyra and i mean i guess in many ways that could be Um, a helpful exercise, but then to use those flaws that the other contestants pointed out as like ammo and as storyline for like your photo shoot and things like that. It's just all like, and also flaws are subjective, you know? It's like what you may think is a flaw, other people may not think is a flaw. They may think that it's something that's really gorgeous. So it's kind of like confusing a little bit. I guess I only liked it because I liked that they taught them how to like work against it. Like I did think that lesson was kind of helpful. That was like, oh, if you have this flaw, like you can't really change it. So like, here's a way to work around it. Yeah. Like I, for instance, I feel like a good one was like Lisa. They were like, you're cross-eyed. So like, um, I don't remember them giving her a lesson to fix it. But then when they did the photo shoot and they're like flaunt it versus hide it her flaunting her cross eye, she was looking straight on and she didn't look cross-eyed at all. And then her hiding it, she was like turned it three quarters and that's kind of when you noticed it. So I was like, did anybody give her sound advice? Cause I felt like we were getting the opposite. It was just weird. Like, cause also when you think about the girls directing themselves on how to hide these flaws, they're, you are, you're internal in this moment. How can you see, how can you, you know what I'm saying? See yourself. I feel like if somebody is, going to be giving you advice like you shouldn't be directing yourself on how to hide your your perceived flaws that other people perceive about you they should be sitting there being like okay well because from the way that my camera sees it you should be turning and looking like this you know versus this okay. I, I just didn't know if it was that helpful in my opinion they, 
they had they had those poor children doing the man all the work all the work yeah Um, and this is like where we kind of feel where like everyone like definitely does turn on our girl lisa um and how do you feel about this episode especially after having the opportunity to have a conversation with lisa I definitely felt like I sympathized with her a lot more, especially watching through my top model expert lens and like reality TV expert lens, you know, just like how they did kind of twist. It really does seem like they twisted what she was giving Mm -hmm. into a way to give them the story that she wanted and Mm -hmm. hearing her side of the story when she was like, it's actually just kind of like having a bad day with cousin it and Mm -hmm. they turned it in like I just had to come up with something because I didn't want to be embarrassed and it was like. It's like, wow, I like really felt for her and it was nice to hear that side of her. Oh, absolutely. And I think too, like Lisa really did go in there with the best of intentions, but this is kind of one of those things where um, impact outweighs intent. And I feel like um, what Lisa didn't quite like see in the moment is that though she was giving what she felt was advice what the other girls were perceiving her advice as were just unsolicited opinions. And I think that when people receive what they feel are unsolicited opinions, they just shut down. Um, I know I do. So it, it really is about one of those things where you definitely have to feel like you've built a sense of trust with somebody before you start, you know, speaking with them about like their flaws or their insecurities because they want to know that it comes from a pure place. Like you may know that, but they don't know that. So you got to be able to deliver deliver it in a way that they could receive it yes and those girls were not receiving no they were not receiving what lisa was giving no not at all well if you were in that situation do you feel like you would have been receptive to it you know i do think it's about tone i do Mm -hmm. think that like it, it has to be packaged well i think you hit that on the head so i mean it just depends i mean it doesn't does sometimes seem especially with the edit that lisa did um rub those girls feathers instead of come from a nurturing place it did kind Mm -hmm. of come like why are you telling me this you're my competition yeah exactly and if you don't have a rapport with somebody and you don't know them well enough then you know i feel like that's just like a natural reaction for somebody to have but look we have a lot of drama to cover today so we are going to take a quick break and then we come back, we are going to investigate this drama with someone I know who loves to deep dive into the DRAMA. When we come back, we are going to be joined by Meatball from Sloppy Seconds. Stay tuned. I'm very excited to welcome our guest today. This Top Model episode is full of drama, and I am sure that our next guest has done their investigative work on these models. So today, I am very excited to welcome to the show, from her hit podcast, Sloppy Seconds, we have the one, the only, Meatball. Hello. I you're right. I did do some investigative journalism. I went after I wanted I to see what these would. girls are up to. <laughs> I got on most of their Instagrams except for the 
the little butch one. I didn't find their stuff. Oh, except for Kim. Kim. Kim is actually, I found her Instagram. She actually just had a child recently. Um, congratulations oh. to Congrats. Kim. Yes, congratulations. Yes, I'm becoming Kim. a parent. Um, she's Yeah, she's happily married, it looks like, to a beautiful woman, and they just had a child. So <gasps> That's amazing. I knew it. Yeah. <laughs> the clues were there. Yeah. Um, yeah. She said that she was into women, and turns out she was. She Look at that. <laughs> No, no update. On if Sarah is still into women, so. I uh, well, we I look. I felt like we actually just left that situation with Sarah just questioning a lot of things. She had a lot of questions. She had a lot of questions. Um, look, we have so much to get into today. So I just yeah, wanna, this first episode of all, was truly packed. It was, yes, it was jam-packed with a lot. But one thing that we do as an initiation with all of our guests is that we like to, you know, take a little trip down memory lane and kind of just kind of get a vibe for who everybody was, what they were up to, what they were wearing, listening to at this time. So uh, Cycle 5 of America's Next Top Model aired in September of 2005. So we're talking autumn of 2005, I want you to take us back to um, a young meatball. I was just telling Maxwell that I didn't ever really watch this show. I remember watching the first season when it was mm-hmm. on like television. But then at this time, I was a sophomore in high school. I know I'm very old. And I was going to a boarding arts high school in Michigan oh, called oh. Interlochen. Oh, so we didn't have, I'm we only familiar. had one TV. Oh. So uh, my friend RJ would watch it when we, whenever we got a chance to reserve the room. And so mm-hmm. I watched a couple episodes here or there. Lisa popped out at me. Like, the minute she hit the screen, I recognized her. But for me, fashion-wise, it was very true religion jeans. Rich. Ooh, yeah. White t-shirts, like, all the Ooh. time. And uh, I think I was really into Pumas. Do you remember, like, when Puma had that, like, soccer shoe? Yes, yes. it's going very soccer, very um, yes, boxer it was, style. Yes, it was very that. But also the school where I was at, it was always super snowy. And I'm from Texas, so I never had like winter coats or anything. So I got very into the idea of like caftans and blankets. So I would take mm-hmm. my bed comforter and wrap it around me and call it fashion. And I would like go to class dressed like that. I mean, Ooh. we live. Wow. I tried to be very boho chic, but I really was just like most of the time in sweatpants because, like, I was a sophomore. Who cared? Yeah. Okay. So, (laughs) did you spend all of your high school years at Interlochen? No, just sophomore through senior work. And so, and and so this was wow. So this was a boarding school. Yes. Okay, I don't know why I was under the impression that it was like a summer program. They do they do have a very very popular art summer camp that's like 3 months long or whatever over the oh, summer. Okay. Cuz that's went what to I was the familiar. actual school. So mm-hmm. I had to like so get education. There. I was taking was, history, she, mama. Oh my I wouldn't God. say that, mama. I was being messy. I we did we were all very obsessed with also the only place we could shop was at the Traverse City Mall. Oh, so we were like oh, wearing wow. so Target. It's like, wait, so it's up north? It's like north. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's it's, north Michigan. Yeah, it's, it's up, up by the there. lakes. Yeah, yeah, girl. That's what you said. Traverse City, and I said, "Oh wow, that's up there." Mm-hmm. That's so all we Detroit, had was like mama. a mall. So it was just mm-hmm. like what you could order off Amazon at that time, and Amazon sucked. You would order something; it would take a month, 
and Target. So that was where we got all of our fashion inspiration. Look, I was sporting lots of Target Massimo. I don't know if oh, you're familiar yes, with the brand. Massimo! Massimo, yes. but that was my tea in high school, mama. <laughs> Those, like, very thin jerseys. Your nipple was bouncing. Yeah. Oh, I remember yeah. this is like the height of American Apparel with the deep V. Oh, baby. And circle yeah. scarves. Not in mm-hmm. That's too early. No? No, 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 because this was like, okay, this is like at the very like beginning now, had it really made itself out to where we were yet, Maxwell? No, it started American Apparel, those deep bees started hitting us probably around 2006. Yeah. Because I remember it being my senior year, my like best friend, like her crush, Chad, um, who, if I could, if I did just describe Chad, he's the only black Chad I've ever met in my life. <laughs> Looked like, like, uh, like, uh, sexy Lenny Kravitz with like this fro, just Ooh. like beautiful. But he had this super deep, deep V-neck from American Apparel. And I just remember being like, damn. See, I had one of those. I had a gray one that went down really low. Also, you just had the Lenny Kravitz. I forgot. I had long, curly hair down to my shoulders. And I was, like, trying to live my best life. I would let the girls straighten it. I would, like, let people do whatever. I would walk around. I'd be like, I thought I was fierce. I remember I cut it all off my junior year. Anyway, um, I would. I got so self-conscious of the super deep V because mm-hmm. I started getting chest hair so that I would layer another shirt under it. And I would look... So terrible. And I thought I was serving. Well, no, layering was still like kind of like the thing too, because definitely in those winter months when I finally did get a deep V, I would be layering like a white crew neck under that deep V because I said, look, my titties are cold. I always watch revolutionating cleavage. (laughs) You were giving them those tits. Did you have chest hair yet? Yeah, I did. I was like shaving it off for a while, but I stopped when I came out of the closet and I started wearing those deep V's. And then I started working at American Apparel. And then I was just like reinventing um, crew necks at that point. Oh my God, that was the day. Those were the days when you worked at um, American Apparel here in Chicago, down on State Street. Uh, Four years of my life. Uh-huh. Is, is 2005 <laughs> when all the girls were wearing, like, the camisoles with, like, a tank top under it and just, like, light denim? Yeah. Yes. Uh-huh. Yes. I think this, that was when this was ending, because that was very Dooney okay. and Burke, which was, like, earlier yes. in the 2003s. Um, Yeah. This was, this was like, we were, we were giving, like, very Von Dutch um, oh, right now. Oh, yes, the tracksuits, the hats. Yeah, mm-hmm. the trucker hats. Those were very popular. Like, like you mentioned your true religion jeans, like designer denim. Like, den- like you know, like, nice denim. Like, investing in your denim. Like, that's all what boot like, cut. All, all boot cut. All boot cut. The whitest it could be at the bottom. <laughs> <laughs> oh, God. Look, you the gotta shades. put them on them boots, gal. <laughs> you know, so hideous. Oh my god! What? A, what? Like? A, but also, I will say, I was um, looking online recently, and like Von Dutch, um, their stuff right now is actually pretty cute. Because when you think about it, style, has kind of gone. You know, it always goes in like circles. You know, we're kind yeah. of borrowing a lot of those early two thousands trends. And like, I was looking at some of the Von Dutch stuff that they have out now, and I was like, okay, it's kind of serving. 
Oh, I should look. I'm just saying they it's kind of. They have a store in Melrose. You could go look IRL. It's oh, kind of wow. serving. <laughs> well, I know I've started seeing girls carry Dooney and Burke bags again. And I know I see them all the time in a Goodwill. Maxwell's sitting over there like, oh, and by <laughs> girls. Oh. And by girls, do you mean me? Is it you? Someone just yeah. bought like three of them and was like wearing them out. Well, I she definitely bought one. one. I bought one in June and I carried it all all across the country. So, I mean, I've had it for like six months now. I mean, I'm not going to say I'm a revolutionizing cleavage and Junian Burks, but I mean, let's get back into the top no. model of it all. I mean, <laughs> so if you weren't watching Top Model, were you familiar with Tyra at least? Like, did you know? Absolutely. Absolutely. Me Life and my size. friends would do fake Tyra um, photo shoots around campus we were very into and I, what maybe it was this episode where she was like yeah me and my friends do this all the time and we would rub vaseline on our cheeks and put a little ah. eyeliner on and then like take a bunch of photos and they were all terrible <laughs> they're so bad absolutely. but we were like try we were trying to like live our model fantasy we were young we were attractive we were being fun absolutely and look i think that um there is a lot of content out there a lot of really um self art directed teenage fashion photo shoots that we do have Tyra to thank <laughs> um Absolutely. and I hope one day somebody does the research and compiles a whole picture book on all of them I have some really good ones of me in a bathtub that are really great we were trying to serve water you know fully clothed but in like a in like a sheer oh, H&M blouse but like Water. How, your yeah. face half out of the tub. <laughs> a bathtub photo with like bubbles or glitter in the water. You weren't doing it right. You weren't. We would you also, weren't committing. Yeah, also, I keep talking about my friend RJ, but it was because he was so obsessed with it. He would be the one being like, okay, so this week our photo shoots are going to be like this. And we would be like out on the lawn in the snow in booty shorts and a t-shirt, like trying to hit poses. And he would be directing us like Tyra. He would be like, your arm needs to be forward. Ooh, we got to do something about your chest. Like he was really yes, into RJ. it. So I actually feel like I learned a lot about uh, it from RJ. See? and look He at thought he was now. a Tyra. <laughs> we all Where's RJ now? He's a theater director, so everything's going Where? great. <laughs> now, okay, how familiar uh, are you with the uh, What's Your Secret ad campaign from Top Mom? Were you familiar with any of these prior um, to this episode? Because we, I, I know in my personal experience, uh, these secrets um live on in infamy and are quoted multiple times um by people so were you familiar with the what's your secret ad campaign i i vaguely remember maybe commercials for it i don't remember is this a challenge that happened in other seasons for secret Mm-mm. this one oh. literally it was just yeah it was just the, it was i just, just remember the like secret. maybe uh-huh. there was like a couple celebrity commercials that were like what's my secret blah 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 but this was my first time seeing these girls go do this. I remember there was one season where she had to walk through and hold a tray. I remember that girl. The one girl was just like, oh, oh, no. oh yes, uh, the cover girl ad with Short Jade. hair. Yes. Jade. Um, mm-hmm. uh, Cycle six. Yes, biracial butterfly Jade. We all live in love. 
Uh, (laughs) I thought this, I mean, this portion was really weird because some of their secrets, I was like, what the fuck are you talking about? My secret is I tell myself I'm beautiful every day. Like a boss move secret, but also not really a secret. Yeah. You're like, that's just like good life advice, I guess. And then two of them, I'm like, are you 13 being like, I'm afraid of the dark. I can't do the dark. One of my questions was about that was, were they... Was there a list of pre-selected ones? Because, like, how like how hard is that to change? Like, you don't got another secret? Yeah, that you know? was my thing, too. She was she was so stuck on the fact that she was like, oh, well, I've rehearsed it this way, so I'm going to have to do it this way. And I was like, you can't change one line. You can't yeah, say, like, I pee with the door like, open. Like, I mean, yeah, come on, like, it's be like, creative. We, I'm pretty sure everybody has multiple secrets, you know? Yeah. I'm sure you're, that can't be the only secret that you have. Um, so that was, that was like one thing and going back that I'm just like, you know, you could have just taken the time to like reformat and just say something so that, yeah, it's, it's weird that Nick was so attached to the secret itself versus just like trying to deliver a good performance in spite of Jayla, you know, uh, snatching her se- her secret from her, you know. But also, fuck Jayla. Like, Ooh. that was conniving. <laughs> that was, pl- like, she knew exactly what she was doing, she, especially she when she did. got on camera and said, the, and I have a nightlight. Uh-huh, um, she knew. Well, let's get into that a little later, because we need to talk uh, about these. Uh, wait, these I want to know what your secret would be if you had to do it, though. Um... What would my secret be? Do you my... what would yours be, Meatball? Oh. Uh oh, um, I'm Meatball. My secret is I have wicked IBS and I can't use the restroom in public. Damn. Wow. It's, it's not really that bad of a secret, but like they could have <laughs> they could have told us something. Uh, uh, my they could have been like my se- <laughs> is I still wet the bed. <laughs> gorgeous <clears throat> my secret would be i talk to all my plants and they say they love me back <laughs> <laughs> that would be the moment when they're like yeah she actually didn't pass the psyche bow that we cast her. <laughs> do you th- wait so you've had guests on did they talk about maybe having to do a psych eval and like um, yes, uh, Lisa did discuss that they had done a psyche bow, um, which I feel is pretty standard uh, yeah. at this point in reality t- TV. You know, we all do them. Um, and from my experience in taking psyche valves, what I feel like they do is they just kind of create just a general map of your personality. Um, to kind of indicate, uh, what might be certain triggers for you, what might be certain strengths for you, um, where through these like questions that would seem very mundane, but because there's like hundreds of them, like, I think it's like close to like 700 questions that you answer. Um, yeah, because I feel like it goes in this balance so that when you start to get into these ones that may be a little bit more coded about your personality, you don't really notice. You just kind of like answer them more. Oh, um, okay. And I feel like it just kind of like lets them know a little bit more about who you are and how you operate 
beyond how you try to project yourself in an interview when they're asking you about yourself. I think it gives them just like a little bit more of an honest, you know, understanding of how you operate as a person. Now, now do these psych eval tests like reveal all of your traumas? No, that's something that you do on your own and like your own interview process, but they may also give like, um, uh, I feel like they'll just like give like a good map and understanding of why certain triggers might happen and why you may respond to things in a certain way. Oh, okay. That explains it then. Cause it's like, I thought it would be like a cut and dry. Like this person is dramatic. This person isn't, we know this person's unstable, but we'll still have them. Like mm-hmm. you can't pass or fail it. They're just mm-hmm. like figuring out who you are. Like in my mind, I feel like there's certain like things like categories will be like, um, distrusts men like I feel like there would be Uh, enough there's enough like questions that I started to be like oh okay like I've seen questions that kind of talk about the way I trust men in certain situations and it's like or um is not always confident in group settings like I feel like there are certain questions that will (laughs) like kind of give them these kind of keys to like understand the way that your personality works wow all right you know. Well, I love that. I also love that Tyra had a moment. She came into the house. Does she always do that? When she came in and said, what's your vice? I, I, she, they, she was really trying to get to the bottom of the alcoholism issue. And then, that, that, and then that, it that, didn't do anything. That's kind wow. of how it felt. It was kind of like, ooh, you just kind of came in, set everybody down, and out of nowhere, it was like, let's talk about vices. But she First does she said, actually... can I get a pillow? Can I get a pillow to sit on? <laughs> yeah. Everyone she, get on the floor. Yeah. She does do that, though. Like, when uh, Casey, Cassie had her uh, eating disorder on cycle yeah. three, uh, mm-hmm. she came mm-hmm. in, and she we actually did a about... one-on-one with everybody. Mm-hmm. And I don't remember what the, uh, like, the drama point of, but, because she came and had a heart-to-heart as well during cycle four, because Kenya and her were talking, and that's when she was like, pinch me, I'm real. <laughs> like, and yeah. they started pinching each other. It was very bizarre. Uh, I almost feel like it's like when any kind of comparing it to Cassie's situation, it almost feels like, you know, you have a contestant who's kind of struggling um, with something, whether, you know, it's an eating disorder or, you know, um, any type of tendencies towards drinking. And I feel like what Tyra does is she comes in and is like, let's have like a group conversation so nobody feels singled out. And I'm just going to yeah. ask something that's incredibly pointed and I'll talk to everybody else and kind of come to you middle last. So it doesn't seem like and uh, then, it out. Like the producers kind of pride a little bit. Yeah. Uh-huh. Yeah. Like, do you have a drink it, every day? She goes every day. Do you think you have a problem? Oh, so you, you're a wino. Oh, so you, <laughs> wow. You said that you're a wino really quick. You admitted that really that quick. <laughs> but then there was no resolution. There was no conversation. She just kind of was like, and now we've addressed it and I'm going to leave the room. And she I, just laughed. <laughs> I, I almost felt like in that moment, Lisa wasn't being, um, fully open and honest because she didn't want to like appear out of control in front of front mm-hmm. of Tyra. So you know when Tyra's like, oh well do you drink every day? And she's like, no, no, I don't have to. And you're like, I well that didn't really that was like that didn't really answer the question. And then she was just like, well do you drink to get drunk? And she's like, no, I don't. And I felt like Tyra's like, okay, I've kind of asked her a couple leading questions to see if she'd open up about it and doesn't feel like she is. So it's kind of like Tyra's like, okay, well I'll see y'all later. Oh, see, I got the, I felt, 
Okay, that makes more sense because in my mind, Tyra was told by production to go in, talk to them, and she was like, I'm, I'm, that, "Nothing's gonna happen here. Goodbye." Right. Or like she admitted it on camera, and that's that's all I'm responsible for. Right? She's like, "I got what we need." No, I felt like she was kind of trying to see if yeah, Lisa would right. open up, but I don't feel like Lisa was ready to like really be very candid about her drinking when most of the girls are under the age of 21 and therefore can't. And so have not really gotten to a place because like we all go through that process in our younger years where we're like developing what our relationship is with alcohol, like, you know, how much we can or cannot drink. And like, even when you're still in your early twenties, you're figuring that out. So a lot of these girls to them, they're just all like, she's, you know, she's an alcoholic, but you're like, me in my early 20s oh my god girl i, know, I was like I most was... of them are 19 so yeah like so they can't that explains because yeah. they were being so judgy about it and i was like you could like talk to her about it in a way that doesn't feel like you're coming down on her yeah exactly and i think them not being of the age where they can legally uh drink and whatnot it just kind of they didn't have like enough perspective to be able to give her I feel like any kind of sound support like you could see it from some of the girls but a lot of them are really 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 also she was doing great in the challenges so it doesn't matter right right exactly that's all that matters leave her alcoholism alone (laughs) all right we're gonna take a short break and then when we come back I'm gonna have a drink yeah (laughs) I was like damn when we come back (laughs) we are gonna get more into this challenge with me Bob we'll be right back So let's just talk about Lisa a little bit more and start getting into this um, secret deodorant commercial. Okay. okay. So oh, wait, we, should actually, we should talk about Chris Spencer a little bit and him her with those girls. Who's Chris Spencer? The comedian when he did the press. Oh my their, God. With their oh masks. my gosh. Um, Oh we didn't even talk about their, the, their banana, fat the banana, face with the banana, with the Iman. Yes, because we had Iman come in. Iman and she taught the in. models Gorgeous. about the importance of skincare and how you can use natural products, you know, from the home to create any kind of mask, you know, that exfoliates or brightens or moisturizes, yada, yada, yada. And their goal, their challenge was to go and talk to this comedian, Chris Spencer, about the product. And they had to like hit certain bullet points you know uh not all of them but it was the goal was to try and like hit as uh, much as possible um question how do you think that you would have done in this interview me myself yeah yeah yeah. um i feel like i would have been fine i would i would have steamrolled over him trying to tell jokes at me because my goal would have been to hit like at least five points yeah and i think the closest anyone got was four points one of them got Mm -hmm. to four but yeah. the rest of them, they just let him talk over them. But I also feel like he wasn't doing anything to help them. He was not. He absolutely it wasn't. Was kind of being a creep. Yeah. Yes. A couple kind of times I was like, it. "You're really easing on to this girl a little harder than you should be, sir." Yeah. She's 19, which I just learned right. they're all 19. That's crazy yeah. to me. <laughs> right. You're like they're so young, and also like. Can you add, because, okay, if you were really going out and you were, you had booked like a TV slot and you're supposed to be a spokesperson about 
a product, like the host is going to be given like certain things yeah. they should be asking you about the yeah. product to, to make sure that the reason why you're there gets taken care of. He was not trying to help. If anything, he was no. trying to deter them from speaking about the product. And it was like supposedly to be up to these very green models who are just given this information to be able to try and control a, 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 an interview that's going off the rails and bring it back to a product. Like that was a lot. Who did one of them got up and started dancing at his request? Lisa. Lisa. <laughs> oh yeah, Lisa. She got one thing down and the she was <laughs> and then she's she like, she I was said, like, you she... can't see Shake who like is doing the dancing right now. I'm dying. <laughs> she she said tomatoes. Oh yeah, she did. Oh, yeah. She did say she's like, there's tomatoes in it. And he's like, oh, and this is he's oh, like and that... bananas. She's like, no, just tomatoes. And we were oh, like, wait, Ooh. no, no, no. No, it's bananas, no tomatoes. Oh, I don't know what's in it. I don't care. <laughs> I, mean, um, I don't think it was that hard to hit those points, but I, I he wasn't helping. And I'm I'm sure that those girls were terrified. Because not only are they on camera, but there's a camera crew behind that camera crew. Right, right. And then, okay, so ultimately, Kyle, she wins the challenge because she mm-hmm. did the best. She really did do the best of bringing him back in because there's moments where he tried to talk about something else. And she's like, not about that, but what I will tell you about yeah. mask <laughs> and why it's so great. Like, she was really, really good. So part of um, Kyle's prize, Kyle's win for the prize was that uh, she would be hosting the fabulous life of supermodels, um, counting down the top five fabulous supermodel lives. And she chooses Nicole to join her in this kind of correspondent thing and, and, and share in the prize win. Um, did you watch The Fabulous Life on VH1? I used to love watching The Fabulous Life. Okay. They were so good. So that good. Old British man's voice. <laughs> I know. Ro- it made Robin everything. Leech. Oh, Robin Leach. <laughs> yes. Sounds so much more. He'd be $50,000. Do you think that's where yes. we all got it from? That's... Oh, absolutely. That's um, worth 20,000 <laughs> Frappuccinos. Right. Holy and it, crap. And, and it doesn't stop there. <laughs> and then it was just like editing, like it was just pictures dropping in over each other. Like the editing on that show was so good too. I know. I, I mean, I think one of my biggest takeaways is like this pair of like gold thigh high boots that Britney had custom made that they like shut down the factory to make these like gold thigh high boots that she wanted because she saw them. She's like, I want them in gold. And they were like, anything for you, Miss Spears. And then, like, Lily stopped other productions on other boots to go back and make a custom gold pair of thigh high boots for Britney Spears. And I just remember watching that as a child and thinking, I want that life. That's a I remember life. one that really spoke to me was they talked about JLo's homes. And then it was like, this is her house in this city. This is her house in this city. And this is her compound in Los Angeles. And I was like, <laughs> I've never heard of a home being called a compound before. It was the first time that I realized, like, how much money celebrities actually have. Yeah. And so that show was great. It was eye-opening. But I think those two girls did a great job talking about those models. Lisa okay. didn't. Ooh, <laughs> when they had not. to put ice on, strong. they were like, Lisa, can you please be quiet? <laughs> And here's the thing, too, as someone tone. who's, I know, and, and as someone who now knows, like, what room tone is and everything like that, um, for Lisa, having been someone who's been on, like, professional sets, you know, prior uh, to this, you would have hoped that she would have been able to, like, rein it in because she was really allowing her feelings about not winning the challenge to completely 
take over and like cloud her judgment there in the moment. And she, you know, you guys are in the same house, you're right next door. And also you have to think about the fact that this could be a connection that you're making in the future. And this director from this, this person from VH1 yeah. hears you just like 30 feet away, basically talking about how you would do much better than the people that were chosen to do the job that are trying to do their job, you know, in the next room. But was she wrong? I think she would have done better. No, she, I, I, no, I absolutely think she no, would have done better. I think that she would have done better too. But sometimes, but, sometimes you just gotta write that in your diary. You know? Yeah, but she was she was saying it, the sound guy was like, "I can hear her over these people." Like she was so loud, uh, lounging on that sofa, and they were in the house shooting. They were it. in so the house she, shooting that. I'm not trying to say anything, but do you think she had maybe had a wine? I think it had come out later. Well, depending on the timeline, because I remember Kim saying um, that she started drinking at around 2 p.m. Um, so depending on like how the challenge and everything went, it could have been like, you know, she because she was like, because we kind of see her pop the bottle um, yeah. prior to the girls. Uh, um filming their segment for VH1. So I imagine at that point she had had like a glass and was feeling like a little bit loose. And that's why she was like, you know, comfortable just kind of saying how she felt. One thing that she did say to us in her interview though, that we did not know that was that her grandfather had just passed away. And so she was also just really trying to um, cope. So I feel like what I feel like in her mind, Cause I, I'm like one of those people too, you know, it was probably like she had experienced this loss and then she just saw like, I'm going to go out here and I'm going to do amazing. I'm going to crush it. I'm going to make sure I do extra good for, you know, grandpa. And it didn't go the way that she wanted. And so then she was just all like, well, okay, I'm going to lean into my vice, which is wine. And I'm just going to start mm-hmm. chilling. Cause we ain't working for the rest of the day. The girls got the yeah. one thing. So we're just chilling at the house. So Absolutely. I, I kind of felt like that's I'm what was going on. I'm not trying to judge her. I would have. Oh, been I'm not judging too. her either. Right. Because you know she's grown enough to do so. <laughs> so yeah. Yeah. Like, she can do whatever chill. she wants. Also, she's in a fucking house full of like a bunch of 19 year olds, and she's like, like basically trapped there. And her only thing is just a phone call to her boyfriend. So it's like, what is she supposed to do all day? I Sit around know. and exercise? No. I, I wonder. Why by the, the pool? Thing. Here's the. Th- and, and this is kind of what I'm wondering now. I'm like, because it felt like all the girls were like in the house very close by while they're they're filming this. Like if you wanted quiet, why wouldn't have you had the models like go outside to the pool and lounge yeah. by the pool and kind of create an empty environment and a closed set in the house? It almost felt like they wanted the models to be there to watch the girls you know, perform and receive their prize. We see that all the time. You know, girls get prizes and the models have to like help or pick up or something like that. You know, it's kind of, I feel oh, like one yeah. of those tactics that they use <laughs> to kind of like build the tension. Yeah, by and making it was, them feel yeah. like envy. Yes. Yeah. yeah. I mean, they love to make those girls mad at each other. I mean, it's, and I feel like it's not that difficult when you're in one of these um, situations. Oh. Is this, wait a second. Oh my gosh. Wait, hold on. Is this also. I'm sorry. I I just had like a moment because I'm like, because now I'm going back to the, the challenge prior. Was this when Corinne called Lisa Her. a drunk no. bitch? An yes. Al- an alcoholic bitch. An alcoholic bitch. Yeah. Oh, yeah. And I felt like that 
Corinne saying that was just like all of the ammunition that like the producers and the fellow contestants needed to like mm-hmm. lean into being like, oh, Lisa has a drinking problem. Well, then they did Corinne that called whole... her an alcoholic bitch. Yeah, but they you also know? set it up as like her being too wild when she was in the bubble bath or in the jacuzzi and she brought the bubble bath and then she was running around the house, no yeah. top on, covered in bubbles. Like they were trying to make her seem like she was completely out of control. But to be quite frankly honest, if a bunch of me and my friends were in a mansion and we had a hot tub, it would be a bubble bath and we'd all be naked. Like yeah. that would be the thing. She was just trying to have a good time. And we've seen it from girls before. We've seen it from contestants in the past, but it's just like in this moment, Lisa's really um, isolated from mm-hmm. the rest of the contestants. So, you know, everyone's just kind of like, well, she's being weird. Yeah, but like you said, she had done campaigns and stuff before. So she was like, she knew, she. Kn- I think she knows what it takes to do it. And these other girls are like so into the competition. And she was also... This might have been her way to, like, make friends. She was like, I also like hanging out with cool people. Yeah. Because that's part of the industry of modeling is, like, you have to be cool. Like, people want to have to be around you. Every supermodel is so cool. And some of these girls seem like real fucking nerds. Yeah. And and I feel like Lisa, she she said it multiple times that her only intention in the house was to uh, help the contestants make them better so that it was a good competition round and round. But let's get into this secret commercial because I really do want to start talking about some of these photos. Oh, yes. Gorgeous gals. Gorgeous gals. And what we did learn, like, later on, we'll we'll, we'll, we'll jump into this now. Okay, first up, because we are already talking about her, she's uh, hot on our lips right now, we have Lisa. Now... Okay, to give you guys context, what Tyra wanted to teach these models with this lesson is that when you're doing a campaign, it is a long day. You shoot your commercial, you shoot your um, advertorial and interviews all in one day because the client wants to save money and time and they're not going to have you do this on multiple different days. So it was a day that was packed full of, of challenges and the photos were right in the middle. So first up, we have Miss Lisa. Mm-hmm. Um, I think it's a great shot. I think she looks wonderful. Her arm okay. is so long and I know, her, but it's gorgeous. She looks incredible. She acted the hell out of her little commercial and she the really interview. Did. Uh-huh. She really did. She served it in that commercial. The interview. She was like, I'm an Italian girl. I get sweaty. It's like, yes. I was like, <laughs> I was like representation. Thank you. Oh my God. <laughs> Teenage Gaga was watching that, and she's just all like, I, too, am an Italian girl. I am an Italian girl. And From I'm New York. Sweaty. And I'm sweaty. <laughs> and I have some secrets. And I have some secrets. She said, my secret is rah, rah. Ah, ah, ah. <laughs> <laughs> oh, no. no I, this picture is great. And I don't know. She's just so naturally beautiful. Like, mm-hmm. I feel like you can't get a bad picture of her. Okay. And here's the thing. Because Jayla said this in her interview that she felt that Lisa would be off her game at this photo shoot. And I'm kind of like, why? Why did she say that? What led her to think that? Was that something because she knew about her grandfather? Or was or were as we as believers supposed to think that it was something else that would have Lisa off her game that day. 
Oh, when Jayla said that, I thought she was referencing the fact that she wasn't able to hold down the interview prior to the, oh, the one with the comedian because she uh-huh. like flopped so hard. But yeah. she came back so much better from that. Like, I think mm-hmm. that was just a weird day for her. Yeah. And because I also- this was great. Uh, absolutely. And I think, too, Lisa just wasn't ready. I don't think anybody was ready for the format in which that guy, was, that comedian was going to try and interview them. And it wasn't a real interview. It that wasn't was like, an interview. He didn't have yeah, no Yeah, he did. Right? Like, <laughs> he he had no to, talking points. So, yeah. Push some buttons. He really was. He was not there to help them at all. Um, uh, I mean, but the panel, they were really obsessed with Lisa's commercial. You know, uh, Twiggy thought that her press segment was brilliant because of the way that she was able to take that other interviewer and and because he asked her who did she think was the most conniving in the house or something like that. She was just all like, oh, yeah. I'm not going like, to talk anyway. about that. <laughs> I'm going to talk about this deodorant, though, <laughs> which was like, which was really, really good. And I was like, I don't that know. That was a setup and she dodged it so well. Yes. She, like Beyonce, she said, thank God I dodged the bullet. Um, (laughs) (laughs) okay, so next up, um, we have Miss Jayla, this bitch that I don't like. I'm sorry, I can't keep talking about her like that. There's just something about her in this episode that I was like, There's something about her in this episode was giving very Karen energy, Mm -hmm. it was giving very angry white woman. Um, because she looks great. Yeah, I mean, she does look really great in this photo. Um, absolutely. I, I One thing, though, that I do hate, because we were talking about how at, at this time, you know, it's all about the bootcut jeans. And yeah. All the girls have these poses, and yeah. because their jeans are so wide, all of them are flopping back over, like, by their shoes, and I hate it so much. Wow, I'm I'm going back and looking at them. They're you know, like all I was going to say, the only thing I didn't like about the girl we were talking about before this was that her pants looked so baggy at the bottom <laughs> right <laughs> and like here on jayla they tried to cuff them but you can't keep a cuff against gravity so it's right. like not good you can tell she's squeezing her poor little ankles to hold that back denim leg <laughs> right she is she's <laughs> oh like mashing her foot into the back <laughs> of the field like stay up there um so the the major drama that came from this shoot in particular is that you know they all had secrets that they needed to reveal in their commercial and we see um nick rehearsing her commercial rehearsing her lines and saying what's my secret i'm afraid of the dark and i sleep with the nightlight and then later on we see jayla say i too am afraid of the dark and uh nick explains to jay manuel yeah the only difference really is between the two of ours is that i say that i sleep with the nightlight and mm-hmm. mr jay says well if that's what's true that's like the truth so allow that to be your secret now, Jayla goes on set before Nick, okay? Mm-hmm. And she says, my secret is that I'm afraid of the dark. And Mr. J says, eh, you, you know, you don't really serve it. Can you just give it to us one more time, but just like a little bit more natural? And she goes, well, why, of course, because what's my secret? I sleep with a nightlight. <sighs> bon, bon. Everybody, obviously, (laughs) you know, and so obviously this creates some tension. Um, Nick is like, well, damn, Jayla stole my line. And uh, yeah, 
it kind of throws Nick's game off because then when Nick goes on set, you know, we're talking about the fact that she couldn't think of a better, just any other, other secret. My secret, I eat cookies in bed. Like come up with anything on the spot because these secrets weren't even that good. Right. She could have done anything. That's why I think that they gave them, like, a list of them. Because none of them were really that, like... They didn't feel like like, real secrets. Yeah, none of... I eat ice cream in bed. Like, Ryan read her for that. And it was true. She, like, what a boring secret. Oh, yeah. That was one girl's. Nicole's, who won. She won, like... Because their challenge was... Or the prize that week was they would pick somebody whose uh, ad would actually air. And they Uh didn't pick Lisa's. No. Which felt yeah, no. like a hate crime. Yes. Yeah. Um, I personally, the secret that I liked the best was uh, Bree's secret uh, that she wears men's underwear. I really enjoyed that. Oh, yeah. That one was cute. Yeah. There, and mean, then who was it? It was like boxers or briefs. She was like briefs. Briefs. Duh. Yeah. Duh, duh. And her picture is, I mean, all of their pictures are gorgeous. They're models. What are we going to yes. say? I mean, yes, honestly, in all of these pictures, the models really did serve. I, one thing that I found really interesting, because let's move on. Let's go to uh, Corinne, because she also, when we think about um, who we were seeing a lot of kind of like tensions from, we were seeing a lot of tensions from uh, between Corinne and uh, Lisa. And then mm-hmm. obviously we're seeing the tensions between Jayla and Nick because of the whole line snafu. And Lisa did really well, hit it out of the park. And I feel like Corinne went in there kind of nervous and oh, it was just one of those things where I almost feel like because the 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 contestant that Corinne doesn't like in the competition did really, really well. Oh, it got under her, her skin. It got under her skin and a little and bit like in her head. And then she fumbled the whole time. That mm-hmm. Every portion of it. Even the picture, they were like, mm, can you do something else, please? Mm-hmm. Um, and then I, I, my the worst part about it, and I know she probably felt like total shit, was when after they filmed the commercial... He was like, all right, okay, I guess we got it. Like, it was very much yeah. like, we know right. we have nothing. He's like, yeah, we got it, but thank God we got it. You yeah, know? I was like, damn. So they really didn't want her to win. They, they really were trying to make her sad. Well, they said I, that you know, her, her whole reel was sad. So I was wondering if maybe something else happened that we didn't see or, like, she just, like, completely checked out and just, like, I, Well, here's the thing. I feel like we don't really know what Corinne's body image was. And she was coming under a lot of scrutiny about her body, about being too muscular, too too hard. And Lisa, though, you know, she meant well, really did take it upon herself to share her opinions on Corinne's body. And body image is something that you do have to be like really sensitive about because you just Mm -hmm. don't know how people feel about themselves. You know, like we all have our own insecurities. And I feel like if somebody is thin and they work out a lot, telling them that you should stop working out and just start eating is, that's just a lot to take in. Though, though, there's a piece of me that's like that advice 
wasn't totally wrong, but maybe it would have been like, hey, Karim, you know, they're they're saying that you need to like be softer. Maybe instead of like, you know, like lifting, you just focus on like cardio and yoga and strength training. And then and then and maybe instead of just like eating a lot of like protein, you eat some more avocados and yams just to soften you up a little bit. That's all, girl. You know, just like uh, I, there's a way a I feel nice like, way. you know, there's a way to do it instead of using the trigger words of like you're too muscular, you're too this because that communicates to somebody that they're not meeting a standard or they're not good enough. And that doesn't make anybody feel good. Oh, absolutely. Yeah. And I really felt for her. Cause like, I just felt like she was being kind of pushed around by everybody. Like the other girls seemed nice to her, but they weren't nice in a way that was like, we're supportive. They were just uh, like, oh, mm-hmm. she's upset. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And they were like, we'll be kind, but like, I don't really care that much about her feelings. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Big they girl. didn't. They did her, they did her dirty. Yes. And look, well, during judging, eventually it boils down to uh, Corinne and Nick that are in the bottom two. Uh, Mm -hmm. Corinne, because they felt like her sadness was coming through too much. And Nick, because she really just fumbled. Yeah, it was. Her sadness really was coming through. Um, And ultimately it was Corinne who was sent home. Um, do you feel like it was Corinne's time to go? No. I felt like, based off this episode, Nick should have gone home, but Nick had the drama with Lisa, and so they were going to keep her because she'll Jayla. Fight. Jayla, sorry. She had mm-hmm. the drama with Jayla. And so there's, like, more of a storyline there. Whereas Corinne was just, like, nice. Well, I feel like, up until this point, performance-wise, Nick had been doing better than mm. Corinne. She was really great. You know, this was her, like, off week. I feel like every, you know, I feel like you always get that in reality television. You have, like, this person, and you're like, they're consistent, and they're strong, and here's the week. They struggle. (laughs) They struggle, and let's see how they come back from that. And I feel like that was kind of where this moment was in Nick's storyline. It's supposed to be her her week week so that she could come back and um, hopefully do better. So um, that's all the top model that we have to talk about today, but let's take a quick break. And then when we come back, we're going to find out how Meatball is turning the party in LA. We'll be right back. Uh Welcome back. We are chatting with our girl, Meatball. Now, most of us were introduced to Meatball in the very first season of Dragula. But since then, we have seen oh, Meatball. Yeah, that was on that. <laughs> yeah, girl. Oh, oh, we absolutely loved you. And yeah, uh, a star. Since then, you have grown into a full brand. Um, you are co host on the podcast Sloppy Seconds on mm. Mom. Uh, you have done uh, uh, makeup palettes with um, Hip Dot. Hip Dot. I don't know what the fuck I was about to say. I almost said Yo Dot. I said, what the fuck is that? Yeah, come on, Yoda. Me and Yoda yeah. hanging out. <laughs> Baby Yoda. But yeah, no, we have the fantastic uh, collaborations that you've done with Hip Dot. Um, yes. You were just out here doing the damn thing, acting and such forth. Oh, uh, yes, I was on Netflix, uh, Pretty Smart, episode four. Go watch just that one episode. 
Yes. <laughs> Go watch Netflix. I'm just kidding. Pretty watch smart them all. So far. Or all of them. But specifically yeah. episode four, if you want to see Meatball. If you just want to see me in and out of drag. It was a wild day that day. <laughs> um, yeah, no. Thing, like, everything's crazy. I can't believe I'm here talking to you. Um, how? I mean, what are we doing? Life is wild. I watched yes. an episode of America's Next Top Model, and now I think I'm addicted. Like, I really want to start over. It's really easy. It's Lisa a, gives it's a slippery yeah, slope. Yeah. What? Tony told me that, too. Tony... Uh, your what? former guest Tony Soto was like I once he watched it he was like we went to his house last night and he was like do you want to watch it with me do you want to watch <laughs> the app with me and then we can like talk about it and I was like okay calm down <laughs> I love it I know that. we got your voice in my head while I'm doing this podcast right <laughs> <laughs> we got that girl hooked I absolutely love it no. what shows were you watching then in 2005 did we did you sit were you watching television at all I I really don't think I was watching a lot of TV. You're just too busy being a iconic high school thespian. We we because it was like a dorm experience. We really just spent a lot of time in each other's rooms. We watched a lot of movies. I guess I will say I watched a lot of Strangers with Candy with Amy Sedaris. <laughs> I watched that. We would watch. Um, just we would like that's right when like Netflix started. So we would have movies mailed to us on dvds oh and just watch oh those God. do you remember just, that and then you had oh to pay God, extra like, to get the three dvds a month or whatever of it's just like i have such a specifically with the mailing ones i just have so many uh specific memories of getting those netflix dvds in the mail watch watching the movies and then my dad hop not driving to the post office, but he would always take his bike to the post office to go and drop them and off. Deliver because he's just all like, wow. he's like, if we put them back in the mailbox, he's like, it'll take it longer to get there. So he would like ride his bike to the post office so that they could get the movies returned and we could get new ones sooner. Wait, wow. no, he's right though. We would wait until the mail person to come to the front of our dorm. Like one of us would like sit in the window <laughs> and like hand it directly to them and be like, can you just take this? Straight yeah. instead of like giving it to the post office at the school. Oh yeah, no, yeah. He was he was just always hop on that bike with oh, that little red pouch in the back. Funny, and I go forgot. and take the DVD back. I, <laughs> I feel like I missed out on a lived opportunity. I didn't know this trick. <laughs> right. I'm so upset. I just dropped it in the mail like a peasant. I'm so upset. Well, we don't even boat. use DVDs anymore, so you know what's the point? Yeah, it's, <laughs> it's also I remember getting them scratched like all the time or. Uh, Oh, People gosh. would stick like a fake movie in, and like Netflix wouldn't really like look at it. So oh my god, the wrong right. movie or like uh-huh. some CD, yeah. Right. Um, I also just remember like we would we would watch or like our school felt like a reality show because it was like every month there was a new play, so it would be like you would feel like you were on Top Model because it would be like, uh-huh. oh, I have to get my body right. I have to learn how to tap dance this month. I have to do this. So, like, every, we would spend a lot of time, like, teaching each other new skills and stuff. Mm-hmm. Oh, yeah. So, so it was walking just, like, the really wild. Tie your comfort Yes, I did learn yourself. how to walk in heels for the first time for Halloween, and we learned to walk in heels, and we would watch Miss J. We would watch his, like, walking tutorial things. Yes. We actually um, are going to be having Miss J on the show. <gasps> oh, um, my God. So excited to have. They'll be on That's... next week? Yes. Oh, my God. Week. So soon. Oh, my God. You heard it here first. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Do you follow his Instagram? Of yes. Of course. Oh, Absolutely. my God. It is the greatest. Just him walking through every event. <laughs> 
So many white Girl, people confused. I know. I feel like that's what Miss J lives to do. Is to just like yeah. confuse elderly white people. Yeah. <laughs> it's true. Give it a yes. Um, okay, so um, tell us how did you uh, get involved with Hip Dot? I want to hear more about your uh, eyeshadows because oh. they're really great. Oh yeah, 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 yeah. I um, they did a collaboration with a friend of mine like three years ago, four years ago for Pride. His name is Rooney. Hey, Rooney. Mm-hmm. Um, on Instagram. And so he did like a full glitter palette and then I was like promoting it for them and he sent me one and I really liked it. And then I found out that Hip Dot is actually just here in LA. Like the office, Perfect. the main office is down the street from my house. And so they were working with someone on another Pride palette and that kind of fell through and they were like, hey, would you have any interest in like doing makeup? And I was like, yeah, why not? Sounds yeah. great. And then like, I literally showed up to their office in full drag with Ann Pine um, <laughs> to be like the person. Cause they were like, come in and like, we have all these colors. If you want to just test them and let us know if you like the formula and then mm-hmm. we can move forward from there. But you have to like, like the initial product. Yeah. So I went in and like, we were testing colors and then I would like say, Oh, I wish it was darker. And they would literally like, run into the back and like someone there was mixing pigments to Not like it. get the colors correct. And then they would bring it out, press it. And then like, I would put it on and we were just sitting there playing with colors and they're like, so do you like it? And I was like, I do. I actually do. I love it. <laughs> and then we were like a week later, I was like signing a contract to come out with a palette and start like putting together the actual final touches and naming it all. So it yes. happened really organically and really quickly all because i just promoted their stuff on my instagram see sometimes that's just how it happens and yeah also not only is the the product uh really really great but also the names are very iconic um what is your favorite i mean look i can understand but i feel like they're all so spectacularly perfect um what is your favorite name that you came up with i think whipcrack.mp3 which is the hot like fuchsia pink one Mm -hmm. but also i like crop duster i couldn't believe that they let me do that i also couldn't believe that they let me call one eggplant emoji i was like you market to teenagers um i don't know (laughs) i I like all the names because i had to come up with them i think maybe the white one is my absolute favorite color to use because i love using that much white and i named it shrinkle after um amy from sugar pill yes because she has a white called taco Taco. like changed my life (laughs) when i first started drag so i had to like pay homage to her um no i just like all the colors i can't a sweaty because i'm always Mm -hmm. sweaty yeah trixie once said that i'm the second sweatiest girl in show business katya is the first oh see i was going to think that would be latrice royale Oh, yeah, she sweats seeding. Yeah, a little, she sweats little, eating ice like, cream. Yeah. <laughs> but when you're wearing that much, when you're wearing that much jewelry and glamour and glue. Baby. What, there's nowhere she, for air to come in. Oh, my God. We, 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 we would do the Christmas tour, and she would do um, Whitney Houston's. I forget. What was the number? Oh, my gosh. But she would bring it down. It's this gospel number. But her her gown was about... 65, 70 pounds. And like literally, she would come to the side of the stage. They would have it like laid out, like on this, the the like cloth wardrobe bag that it was like in. They would like take it out, oh lay it on there. Goodness. She would go to the side, like 
uh, like 30 seconds before her number was on step into it. They zip her up. She would shuffle out there because these stones were, it was so encrusted. It, she could barely move. She oh would do God. her number and baby, she would come off and they'd be zipping her out of it. And she was a pouring sweat <sighs> because it was like, she was wearing damn near like a seven year old wrapped around her body. Going out there. <laughs> lipsticking. Wow. Oh, the closest was I've so ever done is, I wore a full, it wasn't a heavy outfit, but I wore a full latex, like fully gloved. No air could get in or out. Like the bottom of it was socks, like stockings. It was completely enclosed. No. And I wore it all night. No. I went to, I think, Avita in it. And then I came home and unzipped it. And I'm not joking. When I lifted it up, there was water in the toes. There was, it was like an inch of sweat had gathered together in the tips of the t- fingertips and at the toes of the costume. And I swore I would never wear a latex outfit again. That was the I biggest mistake. It's just like, yeah, I, when I did my uh, talent show for um, All Stars 5, after my second time doing it, because I was just wearing a little latex leotard, all of it had pulled in the crotch. And then it started running down the side of my leg like I was peeing. And I like looked, one of the dancers looked at me and I was just all like, that's just sweat. I swear to God, that's just sweat. You're talking <laughs> like, about the pole dancing outfit? Yes, the red yes, one? Oh my yes. God! <laughs> oh my God! That's insane! <laughs> it's like, I swear, I swear it's just sweat. But wait, you're on tour right now, right? Yes, I am. Oh, my God. And it's being hosted by my two favorite black queens. Yeah. <laughs> she Devil by Night and Monet Exchange, right? Well, it's hosted by Monet Exchange and Trinity the Tuck. I don't oh, know. Oh, Trinity, that's it. Yes, yes. Um, yeah, yeah, yeah. Our good old season nine sister and Monet's uh, twinster. Uh, twinster. Yes, because, you know, they share their wins. How is that yeah. going? I saw that you did the um, Patti LaBelle. Where are, <laughs> Where are my singers? Where are my singers? It was so good. <laughs> um, honestly, I did not know how people would feel about that number. But then um, when I did it in uh, uh, for the Brooklyn show, it just, everybody was cracking up. And I'm not like much of a comedy queen. Like I normally don't do like comedy numbers. But in watching the number back, I, it, I just... It's so much fun to do. And I think it, that's why uh, the audience enjoys it because they, they know that I'm really having a good time up there with this Patty LaBelle number. You're giving, so you're giving me everything. You're giving me all the faces. I watched that because you had just posted it. I was losing my mind. It was so good. And the outfit is stunning. Thank that you. Giant purple robe. Oh. Yes. You know, I was trying to pay homage the best way that I could. Um, and, and, you know, it's, it's, Fun every night doing a fast little degreening out of that Grinch paint and then repainting for Patty LaBelle. You know, it's been a long time um, of just chilling at home. So it's so great to be uh, back out on the road and performing in front of audiences Wait. again. Oh, I assumed you went from Patty to the green. You start no, green start, and then go natural. Uh, I start green and then I go to Patty. I open the oh show. Oh my god! Uh-huh, with the Grinch and then go to Patty. It's, oh, because uh, it has the prosthetic. Uh huh. So oh. at least you know, at least with the prosthetic, that's a big chunk of my face that doesn't have makeup on it. It's okay. mostly just getting like, 
you know, the perimeters That's of my insane. face. That's insane. You said, green. not only am I going to go on tour, I'm going to give myself a fucking challenge, everybody. <laughs> right. <laughs> you know, I was like, let's just get right back into yes. it. Yes. You know? Um, but it's been great. But speaking of live performances and being back out in, uh, in front of audiences again, you are turning the party out in LA because you are hosting a new party at Precinct called Fat yes. Slut. Yes, every third Friday yes. of the month, yes. we have Fat Slut, a sexy food eating competition that starts with a variety drag show. Well, not really a drag show, but like a variety show of acts. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. The first one was mostly drag, but we had Mary Cherry and um, love her to pieces, but she wasn't doing drag. She was up there doing something. How how has it been? Not only you know you have the successful new show Fat Slut every third Friday. Did you say? Yeah, third Friday. Every third Friday. Um, and you host a bunch of uh, other shows. What other um, amazing parties do you have planned coming out um, in the new year? Let's talk about um, that. I, I think I'm just going to focus on, for me, for me, I think I'm just going to focus on hosting Fat Slut. But most, like, weekends, I will, I'm will. i at Precinct doing something. I'm mm-hmm. a part of some of it. Uh, lo- most of the barracudas that come through LA, I'm I host them in some way. We just did a really fun one, which was a wet jockstrap competition, which was insane. People would come on stage with their jockstraps on, or they would begin to strip, and then we had two go-go performers spray them with hot water bottles. The first guy maybe got a little burned. Why'd you do that, Tyra? But he was <laughs> but we sprayed their crotches with hot water and like let the audience see what just see it all just see their cocks just have their cocks out. So when oh, this wow. what when does this show normally come around? Now that one is I think every second Saturday of the month. Every Barracuda is at precinct. Saturday second Saturday. I think I might be able to find the time. Yeah. Oh well, our our winner got down on his back, lifted his legs up, and put his he was clothed, but put his full penis in his mouth. Like, not erect. Soft penis. Threw a wet jockstrap in his mouth. Is that legal? Should you be saying that on our platform right now? He was clothed. He was clothed. Okay. I he guess had a right. jockstrap on. That's yeah, true. so, okay. you know. They, it was, per, it was I'm a, very it was, prude. I don't know if you guys know that about me. Oh, oh. yes, absolutely. You're the of all three of us. <laughs> I'm very prude. I'm very offended by that. It was a- listen. It was advertised. It's on the posters. I don't so. think. I don't think it was illegal. No, I love it. We love it. We love it. And also, okay. So one last thing. I love drama, uh, and I love. Oh, I love drama too. And as 2021 comes to a close, um, I have to know. Um, what was Meatball's favorite viral moment of 2021? A viral moment of 2021? I need a list. I don't even... See, we. it's been such a crazy year. I can't even remember anything that happened. I don't have... Wait, what are some viral moments? I mean, it, oh, God, it, it is hard It is hard to think about it because if you do think about it, Gorilla Girl, Gorilla Hair Girl, oh, that was her. at the beginning Absolutely of the... Her. That was the start I of the year. Her. I believe that's still this year, correct? Yeah. Yeah. I mean, we started the year with the girl with the slicked head. Um, what, who, and also, you know what, I know it was viral, but I actually don't know the context. Um, so that person that was like out in somebody's yard, um, 
<laughs> they're very skinny. Oh, um, and he's like that. Yeah, it was. Oh, it's like a little. It's they're definitely it's somewhere in the south. I yeah, can tell okay. you that. Mm-hmm. Yeah, but I know what you're talking about. That one was weird. I, I I'm sure it's from from a video. I haven't seen the video. I'm sure our, our listeners are like, "What the hell are they describing?" I don't know. Yeah. He was like wearing capris or something. Um, I'm anyway. trying to think. I mean, my favorite viral moment was Britney becoming free. Oh, I'm gonna say something. Yes, I'm gonna yes. say something that will get a lot of hate towards me. I'm nervous. Okay. I'm very nervous about her being 100 free. Because she was under such strict rules for so long mm-hmm. that I just know, like, for me, for me, my personal experience, when I was under a bunch of rules and then I moved to New York when I was 18 years old and there were mm-hmm. no rules and I was able to do whatever I wanted, I mm-hmm. went, I made a lot of bad choices. Mm-hmm. And that's all I'm going to say about me and my experience. Well, I feel like leading up into that, like Brittany had her moment of making yes. all of her really wild choices. And I feel like almost like, and look, I don't know anything, but if, if, if I were in a situation where I like, where I was partying and, you know, enjoying my early twenties, even though I was a successful entertainer that was working hard. And then I had my freedom completely taken from me for 14 years. Um, I would really, really appreciate it after getting it back. And also I feel like in so many ways that wild behavior would almost feel triggering to me because I would not ever Want to ever get put oh, back in that think, situation that she ever? No, got I don't think. Him. I don't think she'll ever go back to partying like that. Yeah. I just think that like there might be. She might be like, I don't know. I think there might be a lot of like crazy purchases and like things that. Anyway, it's, oh well, she's you a, know what? She's Honestly, a she deserves woman. a shopping spree. Yeah, she's not allowed to buy her own Starbucks no, for fourteen yeah. years. Brittany needs to drop five mil. In one week. I, that's what I want her to you do. You know what I would like, like to see like, is I would like to see her personally go collect the keys to her mom's house from her mother. To her I would love mouth, that. Get out. Oh, honestly, when it comes to like viral moments of 2021, Brittany posting that Instagram post, dragging her mother for setting up oh, yes! the conservatorship and saying my dad wasn't smart enough to think about that. I was like, talk your shit, Brittany. That to me was she everything. Went, oh. <laughs> it's she just did. still so crazy to me that it was right there under everyone's nose and it took like a podcast to yeah. like bring it all to mode. light. Like, And not only that, it's like what we're learning now is it's like she's not the only one. There are tons of other people out there that are suffering Amanda from Bynes, abuse. apparently. Yeah, and hers is, hers is wild. Yeah, so. Hers is real bad. I'm. A, I'm really happy that Brittany has her freedom again. And I'm also really happy at what I hope will be some amazing change uh, for just conservatorships in general. And that, you know, people will, that there will be more necessary measures and steps taken to protect people from conservatorship abuse. Absolutely. But it's just abuse yeah it's just abuse which is wild you know yeah um well look that's all the time that we have thank you so much for having me i don't often get to speak with icons but when i do it's a pleasure (laughs) oh thank you you can call me anytime (laughs) (laughs) you can you have my phone number you can she said i'm right over here (laughs) 
my gosh, I love it. Well, Meatball, please tell all of our listeners where they can keep up with you online. You can follow me on Instagram at Spiciest Meatball, and my Twitter is Fat Drag Meatball. And please uh, go listen to me on Sloppy Seconds with Big Dipper, uh, and we're having a wonderful time. Hell we do recaps. Yeah. We do we do investigative journalism. Mm-hmm. We talk about Dipper fisting everybody. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that's why he always has to keep those nails short. Keep the nails short. But he I will never forget one of my first times hanging out with him. He was just all like, oh my gosh. He was just all like, I'm about to hook up with this daddy. And I cut my nails super short. But, you know, I really feel like I need to file them because they still feel sharp. And I was like, oh. <laughs> <laughs> anyway. <laughs> nothing, nothing will, that was bad, but nothing will ever top the time that Monet Exchange told us that she, like, lost a nail in a person when she fisted them. Yeah, you know, make sure you just don't be going in there with the nails, y'all. Well, all right. Thank you so much for having me. <laughs> yes, and thank you, everyone, and for that. listening. <laughs> and look, if you have any top model facts or questions for Maxwell and me, our guests, or you even just want to say hi, you can send us an email to beontoppod at gmail.com. Remember to subscribe to Want to Be On Top wherever you listen and make sure to rate and review the show. It helps us grow. I'm Shea Coulee. And I'm Max Wasposito. And as always, the question remains, Want to Be On Top? top? Right? Like Wicked? Want to Be On Top is not endorsed by America's Next Top Model or any other show's creators, producers, or distributors. It is intended for entertainment and informational purposes only. America's Next Top Model and all names, pictures, audio, and video clips are registered trademarks and or copyrights of their respective trademark and or copyright holders. Want to be on top? Forever. Dog. To listen to Want to Be On Top? ad-free and Monday early. Sign up for Forever Dog Plus at foreverdogpodcast.com slash plus. Make sure to follow at Forever Dog Team and at Mom Podcasts on social and rate and review Wanna Be On Top? Five stars on Apple Podcasts. Yes, bitch, I said five stars on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Stitcher, or wherever you get your podcasts. Wanna be on top? It's produced by Forever Dog and Moguls of Media, aka Mom. Hosted by Shea Coulee. Produced by Maxwell Esposito. Editing and sound design by Will Pitts. Executive produced by Willem Belli, Big Dipper, Alaska Thunderfuck, Brett Boehm, Joe Cilio, and Alex Ramsey. 